<laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me think about that for a second. Uh, no, no, David Luiz is not going to be our captain. Yeah, <laughs> not, not a chance. It's the summer of 2019, and some crazy things have been happening here at Arsenal Football Club. Rumors have been circulating for weeks about Stan Kroenke selling the club to help finance a stadium project in Los Angeles. Fans have been swarming Twitter and calling the office hundreds of times a day, hoping that this could be true. Because since he acquired shares of the team in 2007, Kroenke has not been popular around here. The mere idea of him leaving has been enough to turn the atmosphere around the club into an absolute frenzy. And today, we get to break the news that everyone's been waiting for. Kroenke has officially sold the majority of his shares in the club to an American investment group, WD Capital. And we're at a press conference to announce the takeover. The chairman of that group, as well as the members of the new board, aren't here. They aren't the faces of this new ownership. That delightful responsibility lies with me, the new director of football operations, and our new technical director. Our American bosses brought us over with them to replace Adu and Raul Sanlehi, who have been demoted to lesser roles amongst the backroom staff. Considering their last relationship with the group of American overlords, this decision is sure to be super popular amongst the fans. It'll be fine, right? Yeah, nothing to worry about. We've only been around for a couple of weeks, but we've spent most of that assessing and trying to figure out what we need to do to take the club to the next level. Some things will have to change to make that happen. But there are also some things that will be staying exactly where they are. Namely, Gunnersaurus. That dinosaur is untouchable as far as we're concerned. If we could find a way to elevate his role, to assistant coach perhaps, we would. Secondly, we are going to retain a few of the actual coaches, like Freddie Lundberg and Per Mertesacker. Our dream is to have a staff full of former Arsenal players. We've got to counteract our inevitable unpopularity as Americans somehow. And to that end, our first major change is to get rid of Unai Emery and hire Mikel Arteta away from Manchester City. Emery was pretty much just the AliExpress version of Arteta anyway, but now we've got the full price one, and a former Arsenal player to boot. Even with the manager position settled, though, the gathered press is not satisfied. They pepper us with questions about our transfer strategy and how we plan on rebuilding Arsenal's reputation. It reminds us of a very important reality. I don't want to overstate this, but our first window is one of the most important ones Arsenal has ever had. Even in the face of that, though, we're facing this group of reporters with confidence. We're playing it pretty close to the vest, of course, but we're still feeling confident. We've given this a lot of thought. The main reason we got this job in the first place is that we have a plan. We want to bring in the next generation of Arsenal greats. Young guys that can grow into players that will grow into title winners. That plan is not going to be easy to execute, though. The complex finances of the new stadium complicated the beginning of the decade, and an inconsistent transfer policy since has left us with an imbalanced squad, weighed down by beefy contracts for older players and drastic spending on attackers. We love the goals, don't get us wrong. But if we're going to get this club back to the days of Henri and Bergkamp, we also have to get them back to the days of Martin Keown and Patrick Vieira. We conclude our press conference by making big promises about where we think we can get the club. But it's a calculated risk. We're going to have to make some significant and potentially controversial changes to the squad to get to that point. And that begins with an honest evaluation of the players we have now. There are a fair few of them that we definitely know we're keeping. 
goalkeeper Bernd Leno is chief on that list. But because we're Americans and his name is just a little too German for us to say correctly on a consistent basis, we've taken to calling him Brad. Brad is a great keeper, and he's 27, so we're planning on keeping him and his perfectly manicured hair around for a while. Nicola Pepe is on this list too, and not just because the previous regime made him our record signing. We think he kicks some serious ass and could score an awful lot of goals for us in the future. If there's an Henri-type character in this squad already, it might be Pepe. And finally, we see young guys like Eddie Nketiah, Hector Bellerin, Kieran Tierney, and Gabriel Martinelli as the backbone of our future league domination. Somehow, Hector Bellerin is still categorically young as well, even though he's the longest tenure player at the club. Some might call that captain material. Only time will tell. They are not going anywhere. Once we identified our list of guys we were going to keep, we moved on to who we might want to move on sooner rather than later. The problems we've had at center half have been painfully obvious to those who've watched us over the past couple of seasons. And with that in mind, Socrates and Mustafi have got to go. Oh, here we go. I'll be just saying. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, I think Mustafi's going to go. Yeah, should we just go ahead and yeah. start dropping bombs? All right. <laughs> Mustafi has been transfer listed. Also, for some reason, the previous regime spent £8 million on David Luiz. And while we would very much like to sell him right damn now, we can't. So for the time being, we're keeping him. Don't get too comfortable, though, David. Your time will come. We also don't really know what to do with Mesut Ozil. Wait, is this 2016? Or 17? Or 18, for that matter? Or most of his career? It pains us somewhat to say, but he doesn't really fit in with our youthful vision. However, we're also aware that most teams are going to shy away from his £350,000 a week contract, as well they should at this point. So we're going to have to get a little creative to find a way to get him off the books. Figuring out what to do with Ozil is going to be one of the biggest and most expensive challenges of our first transfer window. No doubt about it. Lastly, we moved to a group of guys that while we would be fine with keeping, we also wouldn't object to selling them for the right price. Either because they don't totally fit into what we're trying to do, or because their head is full of sawdust. The first member of that group, and a surefire member of the sawdust category, is Granit Xhaka. We love his game, but we also think he's a bit of a knob. I hope I used that insult correctly. I'm still getting used to this whole British slang thing. Other members of this class are guys like Shad Kolasinac or Callum Chambers, who are pretty good players, but are probably not in our long-term plans, and could get us a pretty good transfer fee. And speaking of good transfer fees, that brings us to the two most expensive and, not coincidentally, most divisive members of this current squad in the front office. Alexander Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Yeah, yeah. See, here, here's the thing is... You know, we we're brought in as technical directors right. here. We have a direction yeah. that we want to take this club. Yeah. Um, you know, they are pieces that are more towards the end of that. Yeah, they're win now. Yeah, and you know, like it, if we're competing by the time like as it's thirty one, that just doesn't right. do us nearly as much good. Right. These guys are world beaters right now for sure, but they're a little lost on a team that's got at least one eye on the future. They could get us an enormous haul in the transfer market, but they could also get us to the Champions League. The technical director and I have gone back and forth on this, but we decide to listen to offers, and if we get a decent one, we'll consider selling. In any case, if we sell one, we're going to try and keep the other. That's our plan. And to test our new squad out in person, 
and to see what else we might need in the market, we head to our preseason tournament in Germany with 9 million pounds prize money and some early brownie points on the line. And we have preseason group stage action coming right up for you. It's Arsenal taking on Sevilla. We begin our Arsenal tenure with the match against Sevilla, and it goes about as well as we could have hoped. Pepe scores what may end up being one of our goals of the season in the very first game. Oh, yes! Oh, yes! Behind that, and a goal from Lacazette, we beat Sevilla 2-0. We knew we needed that win, too, because although we hoped like hell that we wouldn't end up in the same group as Dortmund for this, we end up in the same group as Dortmund. Figures. Lacazette scores again in the second game, which we win 1-0. I'm not a betting man, but I wouldn't have trusted anyone who backed us to have back-to-back clean sheets to open up the season. But here we are cruising into our last group game against Dortmund. We've already qualified for the next round, so we play the kids, and 19-year-old Reese Nelson gets the game-winning goal within the first 10 minutes. Can we take advantage? Yes, he can. Three games into the season, and we're still undefeated. Don't start building any statues yet, though, because even though we've seemingly breezed through these first three matches, some clear patterns have begun to develop. First, we are killing our midfielders. Our new 3-4-3 formation means that the two dudes in the center are asked to cover an incredible amount of ground, and especially if a certain German creative midfielder is out there, stamina becomes a real issue. Our organization is also sloppy at times, and although the long summer layoff could be to blame here, the link-up play has been all over the place. Secondly, we're still ironing out how much we want to press, and how best to get the two wingbacks involved. Those two factors have created a jumbled mess on several different occasions where we've had to run back and defend. <laughs> Our defensive shape whenever we lose the ball is hilarious. It's just like, ah! And we've had it reinforced that we do not, repeat, do not, have the kind of defenders that can deal with that with a level head. Looking at you, David Luiz. Oh, David, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, just David Luiz, things. All of this is brought to bear in our elimination round match against a surprisingly game Real Sociedad side. Our defense, surprisingly, manages to not give up a single shot on target. But going forward, the thing that we're supposed to be good at, nothing is happening. He's giving the ball away here, unnecessarily. That's what you think. <laughs> All part of the plan, Martin. <laughs> All your... part of the plan. That's just your opinion. <laughs> Despite massively outshooting Sociedad, we in regulation tied nil-nil. And because this is a preseason tournament, the game goes straight to penalties. Oh, God. Oh, no. No, 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 no. We were not expecting this. We feel optimistic at first, but then we're informed that our third penalty taker is David Luiz, and all good feelings go away. We can only hope from our box, high up in the Bayerina in Leverkusen, that this won't end too embarrassingly for all of us. We just got this job, after all. What ensues is a truly bizarre round of penalty kicks where Sociedad's keeper can't be bothered to move from the middle of the goal for the majority of the round. And for some reason, Hector Bellerin attempts a kind of mega paninka that is, of course, easily saved by that same keeper who's refused what? to move. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear is right. Oh, no. <laughs> Bellerin's mega chip didn't really work. <laughs> As the final penalty taker for Sociedad steps up to the spot, though, something even stranger happens. Brad seems to have already told him which way he's diving, either out of sympathy or out of a poor grasp of the Spanish language. Before the attacking player has seemingly even started his run-up, Brad breaks dramatically to his right. Surprised, but grateful, the attacker gently strokes the ball into the back of the net, and the game is over. 
we have been unceremoniously bounced out of this preseason tournament by a team that finished ninth in the league last season. Our tails tucked limply between our legs, we returned to North London with the knowledge that while this was just preseason, we clearly have a lot of work to do. Silver lining in all of that is that the extra time off gives us a few more days to settle the squad before the Premier League season starts. We may not be able to get all of the business we want to do done by then, but we'd like to have a pretty good idea of what we have by the time we play Newcastle on the 11th of August. The technical director and I decide that we want to handle the outgoing transfers before we start throwing money around. We've been granted about £72.5 million by the board for our first transfer window, but with a couple of sales, we think we can bring in a few players that will help Arsenal in the short term and the long term. We'd put the word out before the preseason tournament that Mustafi and Socrates were for sale, but now we're actually starting to see a couple of bites. A week or so later, those bites turn into concrete offers, and before we can say out of position, we sold Mustafi to Wolfsburg and Socrates to Ajax for a combined fee of a little over 33 million quid. Not bad for two players we didn't want, but now we're faced with another problem. We've just lost two center backs, and we don't really have anyone to replace them. Unfazed, we rally in the back room around the idea that this isn't a bad thing. This is an opportunity. We consult our scouting network on who the future of Arsenal's defense should be, and per the technical director's advice, We've narrowed our search to center halves that are tall, athletic, ideally fast, and threats in the air. We want them to be dangerous in dead ball situations. And in the event that David Luiz makes a horrible mistake, which he will, we need guys that can cover enough ground to minimize that risk. Our targets are far-flung and eclectic. Guys like Piemonte Calcio's Daniele Rugani, Tushalka's Matija Nastasic, and even John Stones all come back on our scouting reports. There are a couple of guys, however, that stand out amongst the crowd. And that's impressive, because in this case, it's a very tall crowd. We are immediately struck by the height, speed, and power of Leipzig's Ibrahim Konate, and enamored even more by the fact that, like so many Arsenal players that have come before him, he is French. We move to sign him, but then we realize that we also really like his partner in Leipzig's backline, Diop Mukano. Both of these guys fit our profile perfectly. And moreover, they're both young, have high potentials, and are both French, which, like I said, doesn't make any of this easier. Which one do we sign? We rack our brains over this for a couple of days and get nowhere. But one night, I wake up in a cold sweat, contemplating the dream I've just had. The spirit of an Arsenal player past, Tony Adams, came to visit me in my sleep. Only he spoke like the girl from that old El Paso Tacos commercial, and he said this. Poor guy now lost those. Why not both? What are you trying to tell me, Tony? Also, when did you learn to speak Spanish? Then it hits me. Tony Adams wants us to buy both of these guys. I call the technical director immediately to talk it over with him. And while yes, he can confirm that we can afford this, we're still flummoxed by the ethics of it all. Can we just buy another team's entire central defense? Can we do that? It does seem a bit uncouth. But eventually, we decide that because we're Americans, and the entire fan base already thinks that our morning commute involves galloping down the streets of London on a Bronco, we might as well just double down. Using Callum Chambers as a make-weight, we do the truly American thing and just buy them both. Screw the haters. We've just secured Arsenal's defensive future and added some much-needed Frenchness to our starting lineup, all in one fell swoop. $44.5 million later, we have our men. 
Ibrahim Konate and Dayo Mukano. Welcome to the Arsenal. Hello there. We do worry about Callum Chambers over there, but we sleep better knowing that he has Adam Lookman to keep him company. Now that we've shored up our backline, we turn our focus to central midfield. While we feel confident in the likes of Dani Ceballos, Lucas Torreira, and Granit Xhaka, we think that we need a truly world-class link between the defense and the attack to really help secure our footing this season. We look in a bunch of different countries, and at a bunch of different types of players. Do we want a tall, intimidating central midfielder, more of a Patrick Vieira type? Or do we want a quick, dribbly playmaker like a Cesc Fabregas? Or someone in between? The debate rages. We take a brief look at James Madison, and flirt with the idea of bringing in a wild card like Weston McKinney, and we may come back to those eventually, but in the short term, we end up falling in love with someone more in the mold of our current manager. Stunned by his combination of potential, poise, and long passing ability, we focus our efforts on Napoli's Fabian Ruiz, a deep-lying playmaker who can, in no uncertain terms, get it. He fits right into the possession-type game that we want to play, and even provides a threat to get the ball over the top to our pacey forwards. He is a saucy, saucy boy, and we love him. He is a little pricey, though. We talked Napoli down a few million, but the number we end up landing on is $47 million. It's a lot for a 23-year-old, and it's more than the two defenders were combined. It'll eat up a pretty hefty chunk of our transfer budget, too, but we think he's worth it. As the transfer is being finalized, we in the back room take to calling him El Caro, which in Spanish means the expensive one. Expensive or not, though, this young man is going to be the metronome of our team for the foreseeable future. Fabian Ruiz, welcome to the Arsenal. Hello there. With our funds depleting rapidly and the Newcastle game just around the corner, our major transfer business is done for the window. We've done a good job of executing our vision. we filled holes at all the positions we needed help with, and although the players we've gotten to fill them are ready right this second, they're also all under the age of 23. The buzz around North London has been mixed. People were shocked by the double swoop for the Leipzig defenders, and while Fabian has already played for Spain in an official competition, he's not exactly a household name yet. We've set ourselves up for success going forward. But amidst the excitement, there's a healthy amount of skepticism. This is a fan base, after all, that has gotten used to being let down over the last decade and a half. We've taken it upon ourselves to try and fix that, and it all starts with the 2019 Premier League season. We've got the guys we wanted. Now, it's time to see what they can do. And scene. Career Mode Theater is produced by me, Will Shingleton, and David Goggin. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, please leave us a rating and get in touch with us on Twitter. In our next episode, the Premier League season begins. We have our first experience with the North London Derby. We go toe-to-toe with the presumptive best team in the league and get made fun of for our accents every step of the way. Career Mode Theater is a free-time media production. EA Sports, if you're listening, you have got to be kidding me. (laughs) 